This is part two of Sarah's episode. We left off with Sarah telling us about her hope to continue her bike trip where she left off in New Mexico and bike even farther northwest to Redwood Forest and beyond. In part two, we get real about depression and getting unstuck when you're in a rut. We also hear about the racing world, elitism, and finding acceptance in the cycling community. I don't know if you wanted to talk about your YouTube videos or not, but I enjoyed them. They, I liked the transitions and um, it seems there was one where you were describing, uh, you went on a, you were participating in like a 5k or some kind of run with your friends that you were staying with or something. Yes. And it was really cool because you were narrating, but then also you were showing photos or like little video clips and those were transitioning. And I was like, oh God, this took forever. <laughs> I just, just started looking at it. I mean, I was watching the video, but then I was also thinking in the back of my head, I was like, wow, he, yeah, the, this person spent a lot of time on this. Like it's intense. So thank you. The channel's kind of on hold right now. Nothing really is exciting with my life. I, uh, spent the last winter helping some family members, and so I'm trying to reestablish myself back into Austin and yeah. then, uh, get a base and get going, you know, to develop my savings and get going again. For sure. So you all are welcome to view my YouTube and my Instagram at American Bike Packing, like yes. backpacking only with a bike. It's all one word, American Bike Packing. And hopefully I will be continuing on that trip, but... As of now, it's kind of on hold. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, sometimes you don't serves as a recharge kind of thing. So and very much so. I had gotten frustrated and full of anxiety with pedicabbing. Yeah, because it is a very stressful profession. Yeah, dealing with drunks and bad drivers and drunk drivers. You're dealing with a lot. And I started getting angry and bitter and I didn't like myself as a person. So I had to get away from it, go ground, find myself, you know, be responsible and solely focused on myself. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. No. Yeah, not at all. I, that's important. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome that you were able to realize that, like see it, acknowledge it, and then form a plan to do something about it and get out of that situation. So that takes a lot. That's not easy. So that I I love hearing stories like that of you know people not just getting stuck when they're not in the right headspace. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that for sure. But if I may also share, I struggled with depression most of my life, mm-hmm. and if I could my experience could help someone else. I found that my depression stemmed from feeling stuck in a rut. Yeah. Like I couldn't do anything to change my life situation, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it be I couldn't get a job or I couldn't, you know, achieve the goals that I set for myself. I felt stuck and, you know, under financial pressure and obligations. And it was getting rid of all those obligations and permanences Mm -hmm. and and that allowed me the freedom to you know go on this trip because as a pedicab driver I uh, learned a lot of self-sufficiency and in that community there is a lot of say couch hopping and Mm -hmm. um, 
rental sharing yeah. of rooms and stuff because it is a yeah. like a come and go transient um, kind of job yeah or income okay you know, there's yeah boom times during the festivals and there's wheat times when it's not you have to be flexible i imagine sometimes yeah. you'll have an injury mm-hmm. or um you know something of that nature that. Yeah. an illness you know you're down for yeah. a week or two you know you're out drinking and you crash your bike and sprain your wrist or yeah. your ankle and now it's like oh my. wow yeah it's so. a little risky it's a little risky going back to the part that you mentioned about depression um i've also struggled with that i've struggled with that um and anxiety together i don't know if mm-hmm. you've had anxiety and i at one point and it all happened i don't i don't know you know how sometimes when something goes it's like a murphy's law something goes wrong and then everything starts going wrong and that's kind of what happened in my life you know i it was at that time that i mentioned i was unemployed and then there was some family like my parents were going through a divorce and then um i I was trying to get over my ex-partner and just lots of things happening. I was very uncomfortable in the living situation I was at and it all just starts to be so overwhelming and suffocating and you feel like you're just kind of drowning and just kind of barely treading water. So even just finding the strength of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get out of here and trying to make it through every day when every day is just like the hardest day. So. I uh, went through a, a downsizing of life with all those obligations yeah. when I was a pedicab mm-hmm. and even further when mm-hmm. I decided to take my trip because I yeah. didn't want to pay for a storeroom. I oh, yeah. basically got down to what would fit on my bike. Well, you're kidding. No, I spent six or was it four months before I left on my trip what? living in a tent, getting at-home experience living on the road. I I literally do not know what to say. No. What about, like, pictures or your stuff? Did you put it at your parents' house or...? All my uh, important documents and yeah. pictures mm-hmm. uh, fit into a large plastic tote. And then all of my grandmother's china yeah. into a very large box. Yeah. And I have those two with my mother and wow. her, her large storeroom. And so You're telling, you only have two little tub box things at your mom's house, that's it? Yeah, I got rid of all my clothes down to just what I was going to travel with. Oh my God. Four pair of spandex shorts, four pair of spandex leggings, uh, four shirts, two sports bras, four pair of socks, and, you know, all fit in a little bag. Wow, you definitely had to go on the trip after all of that. Oh my gosh. Wow, I... So I kind of, I'm not a real hoarder. I think, sometimes I think of myself as a hoarder. I just hoard like paper. Like I have a lot of notes from high school or like college. And I have, I love like printing photos and having like the physical photos. And so when you said all that, my first thought was photos. And I just can't imagine books. I'm just trying to think of all the things. Oh my gosh. Wow. I actually was a bit of a book collector. I gave my collection to another book collector because I didn't want them. Was it a friend or just a. I put out an ad to find a book collector and someone showed up and we were talking books. That's tremendous. You know, when I found out his character, I was like, look, I'm looking for someone to safeguard my books. Yeah. 
I had stuff written in the early no, 1900s and or, the late 1800s. Yeah. There was a collegiate wow. biology text that reads like fifth grade biology. What? Oh my god! What a feat! That's I would consider that like a feat. Oh my gosh! Go you! Ooh, mm. you're taking the what is the new? Can what is the new? That new downsizing or the spark joy? What is that called again? You know what I'm talking about? It's like a. I do. I don't remember yeah. the popular term. I, I can't remember her name. Thing from is like tiny houses. Kind yeah yeah basically yeah, wow you really took that to the next level. That's incredible. I don't think I know anybody who's done that. I really quick. I had a friend who, her mom was trying to downsize, but then she just kept giving all her stuff to her kids, and she's her kids were like, "You're not getting rid of stuff. You're just handing it over to us. Like you're just pawning it off on us." So wow, that's incredible. Okay, so that's a big life life change that happened. Okay, so let's see. Poof. Sorry, I'm still trying to get over that. Um, I had a few more questions. Let me see really quick. Oh, if you... Okay, so we have gone very deep into the pedicab world, but there's also just other cycling worlds, even here just in Austin. Mm -hmm. I don't know, how much have you explored that or wanted to explore that? Or, I don't know, have you found other kind of scenes that you're into? Or you just kind of hop around, maybe like try some a new club like once a month, once every two months? Well, I wasn't much of a cyclist until I became a pedicap, and mm -hmm. all the other pedicaps are like, Sarah, you're so strong. Yeah. We need to get you <laughs> on a road bike. Yeah. And so eventually I did go and buy a mid-intermediate road bike mm -hmm. and was astounded at how fast I was because they I wasn't fast. pulling a 1,000 pounds. It was only 12. Yeah. Oh, my God. This like, is great. Or you just go, I yeah. was literally sprinting over yeah. 30 miles an hour. That's I was wild. drafting with cars as a commuter. Oof. Yeah. And I, everybody's like, Sarah, you're so fast. You have to go race. But that was very intimidating to me. So mm -hmm. I started looking for group rides. Mm -hmm. uh, and apparently there is a group ride every yeah. single day yeah. in Austin. I've looked like a meetup. I've looked into mm -hmm. the meetups, and yeah, there's lots going on there. One of the beginner ones is the Thursday night social group, mm -hmm. which is very yeah. impromptu. Not impromptu, uh, just casual? informal. Yes, okay. Casual. Yeah. Um, we all meet up at the. I've never been. Festival I've yet Beach to go. Park underneath the food forest. I thirty-five. I know exactly where that is. And yeah. And so we'll meet Thursday night at dusk. Yeah. And everybody, there's probably 100 to 200, 300, 400 people, I depending on the night. I kind of don't believe you when you no, say that. No, there is. It, it's almost mm -hmm. like a critical mass. You know, there'll be oh. bikes that have lights on them. And yeah. There'll be tandem bikes and people pulling trailers with stereos and dogs. Oh, and, my gosh. Yeah. You know, there, there's all kinds of people. And usually they'll ride around. Yeah. And end up at a bar and yeah. get drunk and spread out from there. I yeah. personally don't drink, and I don't okay, like yeah. people who drink and drive, even on a bicycle. Oh, right. So that's why I don't go to the Thursday night social ride, because there's Conflict. a lot of new people yeah. who mm -hmm. aren't well-disciplined or well-coordinated. There's mm -hmm. also a lot of people who are drinking when they shouldn't be. Right. And so it seemed like every time I went, someone crashed. Oh, and yeah. I could not afford to be injured in someone else's crash. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. I started looking for intermediate rides. Mm-hmm. More serious. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, people in spandex kits riding yeah. lightweight road bikes for the purpose yeah. of going fast yeah. for like 20 Training miles, and, right? Yeah, so getting I, stronger. I wanted to try that. I wanted yeah. to see how I measure up. Right. And it was so slow. <laughs> Dang, everything is just disappointing, disappointing. <laughs> I finally found a pro group mm-hmm. that would allow you to ride on invitation if they knew you, you know, as long as you weren't. Invitation? Like, right, because oh they're my gosh. pro. They can't have a newbie who yeah. isn't going to call out road hazards yeah. or doesn't know how to ride close together how in many a people... chain gang to Peloton and so oh. clip handlebars. Someone goes down, they can't ride anymore. Yeah. So they're very picky about who rides with them. Oh my, so can I ask you, I feel like I'm getting a, opening a secret door mm-hmm. into this secret society. How many people usually are in those kinds of groups that go on rides together at once? It could be as few as two or three. Yeah. It could be as many as 30 or 40. There are oh. lots of structured rides through yeah. different bike shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Mellow Johnny's, yeah. uh, Middle of the Road, I think it, they call it. I've been, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That have varying levels of skill, whether right. it be a beginner where we're going to go like 12 mile an hour, and then there's yeah. the intermediate yeah. where we'll go 16 or 18, and mm-hmm. if someone has a flat, we'll all stop, we'll help you with the flat, we all stay together, yeah. and then there, there are advanced rides where it's like 20 <laughs> miles an hour, you're on your own. If you get a flat, yeah. you better fix it and catch up or go I'm not home. stopping for you. Exactly. I, I, I can't miss on my Strava, st- Strava streak. Or, so yeah. People mm-hmm. who want the safety of a group should look for what's called a no-drop ride, which means oh. we're not going to drop any riders we're all gonna stay together oh my god sarah this whole time i thought no drop meant like oh like a car isn't gonna drop you off or something. <laughs> i got it totally wrong okay dang man i need to i usually ride by myself so i don't do a lot of group rides but wow okay so we're learning a lot in mm-hmm. the category of cyclists that challenge me and mm-hmm. don't have me feel lagging behind you know uh, yeah. like i'm surging ahead and yeah. like come on come on, come on i don't want to be that person so yeah. i was riding with the pro riders but at the same time they felt pretty elitist oh to me that is mm, because yes, they yes. look at my bike they look at my walmart clothes and they'd be like you're not serious are you no time for and that. it isn't until yeah. you know we hit 21 mile an hour uphill that they turn around and they realize i'm still sitting in the saddle going hi guys <laughs> And they're like, what the heck? Huffing and puffing. Yeah. Yeah, I have absurd Mm -hmm. strength being a pedicab. I mean, you build the endurance hard. I also have great endurance. Yeah. But I don't have the... I mean, the the accessory. I I just... uh, I, I think it's... I mean, okay, good for you that... One, you have the money for it, and two, you have the time to like research it, like find out what works for you. Okay, go you. But you should never, you know, look down on somebody else if they don't look, you know, like match that kind of mm-hmm. idea that you have in your head. But I mean, it seems like you did fine when it came down to it, to the actual writing part. Yes, I could keep up, but at the same time, I wasn't a social fit because okay. I'm, yeah. you know. A glorified homeless person because I don't mm-hmm. have a 
physical address so I do get by I have friends and family and hotels and yeah I like my nomadic life but yeah I am fully capable of providing for myself both financially uh and health and yeah you know seeing my doctors if it's what works for you yeah I just don't have a mortgage yeah Yeah. and so as a trans woman who looks a little grungy has a ratty backpack and carrying way too much stuff (laughs) you know not wearing spandex you're doing your own thing and these guys are usually middle-aged professionals oh they're so cookie cutter they're so cookie cutter orthodontic surgeons and lawyers and they you know i god bless them that i can buy their bikes cheap when they get a new model (laughs) but at the same time i don't care that i'm riding an 18 year old bike i'm keeping up with you Honestly, really quick, when I mentioned about being intimidated by going to the bike shop, it's because I I thought it was kind of like an elitist thing. Just even going to the bike shop, like that's the kind of level that I was on. And I mean, I'm, I'm a woman and I'm this like little tiny Hispanic woman. And, you know, usually the really, the people who you see out in the hill country riding around, they're usually like middle-aged white men. Mm-hmm. That kind of huge difference I saw it, you know, and I was like, where do I fit in in this gap? But I mean, eh, I'm starting to get over it. I'm starting to get over it. And that's honestly part of the reason why I started this podcast to show other people, hey, there is no one type. Like, don't be fooled by just the people that you see out there most of the time. Like, there's a whole other world. So, yeah. If I could encourage all women to try cycling, cardiovascular fitness is the best way to keep off weight and to stay healthy Mm -hmm. and at the same time cycling isn't always about the peak fitness you know some people may be chubby Mm -hmm. but they have obscene power yeah you couldn't touch them in a sprint yeah you know and then there are other girls who are really light you know very small and petite and you can't catch them climbing (laughs) up a hill We we all have our strengths. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we need more women in cycling, you know, because when you go to these, you know, lower local level cycling events like uh, the driveway series, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, crit races, uh, many times the women's segment is under... Like, do they just have very low attendance? or yes. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they want to see the guys go fast, but at the same yeah. time, uh, you know, the women are going just as fast yes, oftentimes. Because this is women's sports like, in general. <laughs> yeah. Right, and so they're trying just as hard. Right. And I've heard of races where there was not enough attendance of people to watch and pay really? attention. So they just canceled the women's races. Sorry, go home. Oh, that's awful. And so, you know, we awful. need to get out there and, you yeah, know, meet some new friends. For each other. New walks of life, you know. Right. So if you're like stuck in an office cubicle and you want to yeah. know, you know, where you can get other hobbies, you yeah. know, go meet some of these people because, yeah. you know, a lot of them have secondary hobbies, whether it be gardening or for sure. building furniture or... yeah. You yeah. know, so on and so forth. So you'll probably find someone that you can get along with. I totally agree with everything you just said. Thank you. That yes, that's kind of like a call to action almost. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody needs to get out. I recently started 
using my bike to commute more uh, is instead of just loading it up on my car and then riding over, like driving to a trail and then just riding around trail. So yeah, definitely trying to get more in there. And I, I feel very proud of myself when I do that. And especially when I see another girl riding, I'm just like, ah, look at us, go us. And I just love, I just love that. I just love that. And even if, even if I don't get to wave at her or, you know, I, I don't know. I just think that's really awesome. And so thank you for articulating that a little bit, a lot better than I just did. So that was great. Thank you. There are a lot of ways women can get into cycling other than racing. Mm -hmm. You know, they could, you know, visit uh, local support groups for women uh, and bring their bicycle knowledge Mm -hmm. or maybe find a bicycle shop that has classes or groups and, you know, and speak with them about creating a women's night. You know, it's up to us to build our world. There is, um, there's one... Um, that does offer the women's only rides, but they're not during throughout the entire year. They're only kind of like April to I think like October or something like that. So it would be great if they were uh, more often because, like I said, I just bought my real bike this year and I was so pumped. And I like over, I think it was like last month i kind of lost a bit of traction and i looked into the um, these women only rides but i was like oh they don't start till next month and that was discouraging you know it's like oh, i really need like a some you know like a group to kind of push me and so that was a little frustrating but no okay so just to i guess maybe start to wrap things up i and we don't have to go into this, but have you, what do you say that you have found, you know, you live this like nomadic lifestyle that maybe it's not, doesn't seem normal or is kind of strange to a lot of people, but would you say that maybe you have found acceptance in the cycling community and Yes. Uh, when I first started pedicabbing, even though I was out as a transgender woman, I was Sarah, mm-hmm. I had yet to start hormone replacement therapy. So mm-hmm. I was very male-bodied and unmistakably male. Mm-hmm. And I was very adamant and tell people, my name is Sarah. I'm yeah. a girl. Yeah. And I've since gotten all of my paperwork taken care of. I'm legally Congratulations. female. Congratulations. Thank you. I, been on hormones for four years but i've been out as transgender for 20. wow so it's no new thing to me but it was a little incongruous to say i'm out and full time while pedicabbing wearing nothing but spandex shorts oh i just realized that (laughs) so for me that was my work uniform you know like a chippendales is how i tried to verify it in my mind but at the same time i'm sarah yeah and a lot of people didn't get that and some people in the pedicab community were like speaking ill of me and it really touched my heart that i found out later after the fact Mm -hmm. that two other pedicabs from my shop mm-hmm. got into a fist fight with two pedicabs from another shop. Oh my goodness! For my honor, some gang like pedicab gangs going. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not saying it's no. a good thing. Yeah, but it, it 
made me feel comfortable and at home and more yeah. embedded in a pedicab family. Of course. That my yeah. friends were willing to stand up for they my care about honor you. when I wasn't there. And we are a close-knit community. Mm-hmm. We all go back to the shop after work yeah. and usually chill out for an hour or two and yeah. unwind. Yeah. And so we're very social. And twice a year we have uh, formals. We call them you're prom kidding. And, and it's a oh chance my for gosh. us to put on our yeah. tuxedo t-shirts and pretend to be yeah see like see look how nice i can really look and yeah mm-hmm. oh my goodness that's amazing mm-hmm. that's that's awesome that's absolutely awesome um well thank you and thank you i'm really glad that you have all that that's it seems like you have a very rich life in terms of your friendships and your support group and yeah, people that really care about you and have, you know, stick up for you. So, yeah, um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Thank you for this opportunity. I, I feel humbled and, you know, I just am glad to share my perspective because it's not a normal one, but I think it's valid as are all of our perspectives and paths through life. Of course, it's a very important one. Yeah, thank you. I Thank you so much. I'm very grateful that you agreed to this and that we met, that I got to hear your story and that other people will get to hear your story. So I do appreciate it. And yeah, thank you, Sarah. Thank you.